God has always given us signs from above. Hi, welcome to Signs from Above. This is Lucy B. Have you ever had an experience you couldn't explain? Well, I had a dream and the experience that went with it, I knew it was 100% from God. Let me give you a brief background about myself before sharing my dream. I was baptized at 14, but have always believed in Jesus. Upon turning 18, I relocated to another state to attend Bible college and later worked two jobs, including waitressing to pay tuition fees. The hospitality industry often attracts individuals who engage in excessive partying, drinking, and drug use. Unfortunately, I have worked alongside many people who have developed addictions. Even though I didn't participate in these activities, I still formed a deep and meaningful bond with many of my coworkers. Although they called me their innocent little sister, I often took care of them. For example, driving them home when they were intoxicated. They knew I was a Christian girl, but I guess I never imposed my faith on them, which I know I should have. I want to talk to you about two girls who worked there, Jackie and Cammie. Jackie and Cammie were related, and again, I had a great relationship with both and worked with both of them for about six years. Both women had troubled past. Let me tell you about both. Cammie was pregnant at age 16 with a felon who was convicted of murder. She raised her daughter as a single parent. She attended an atheist church in which they did good works but had no belief in God. Cammie had told me she believed she had found what she was looking for. She thought she could be a good person and do good things without believing in a higher power. Cammie had never stuck to a relationship but instead stuck to one night stands. Jackie, on the other hand, had been in multiple relationships and marriages. She had cheated on one of her husbands and never told her daughter that she wasn't or that he wasn't her dad. I'd watched her kiss other men at work while she was in relationships. Jackie had no desire to do good works and had zero regard for God. She didn't even care and live life how she wanted to live it and to please herself. I moved away a couple years later and shortly after Jackie moved about an hour away from me. Outside of work, I Really never hung out with them because my lifestyle was just very different, but I still truly love these girls like sisters. Cammie did come to visit, and they asked me to come hang out with them. I knew in my heart that they'd want me to go to the bar, so I came up with my own plan. I told them that I was going to pick them up and that I had a surprise for them. So I did pick them up, and we drove to downtown Denver. I parked the car and gave them both a backpack filled with Gatorade and food for the homeless. Cammie was just super excited, but Jackie was not at all. Jackie's words were, remind us to never let her drive again. They both were smoking their marijuana, which is legal in Colorado. And Cammie had a great time, and Jackie was truly ready for this day to be over. But remember, Jackie was an atheist that did good works. <laughs> so as we were walking, I saw this woman who seemed possessed, her clothes were falling off, they were ripped, and she just kept screaming profanity. People were around her, not close, but they were making fun of her because she seemed crazy. I went up to her and asked if she wanted something to drink. She was almost looking right through me, and she yelled, yes! I asked her if she wanted something to eat, and again, yes! <laughs> but right by this homeless woman, when I looked over her, I saw some type of satanic looking thing. There was a large crowd around them and one was some type of very large demon. 
I believe it was on stilts, but as we got closer, they were signing people up for something, and the line was extremely long. They had probably about 10 pictures around them set up like artwork paintings of Jesus with horns on his head like a demon. I felt sick to my stomach and wanted to cry. I'm telling you this story because Cammie and Jackie walked by this like it was nothing when I was in complete agony when they were mocking my Jesus. I took them back and hadn't seen either one of them because, again, my lifestyle was just very different than theirs. We truly didn't have a lot in common. It was about two years later before we saw each other again. Now, I know this story's been long, but here's where where Jesus intervened in our lives and truly changed us. On January 3rd, 2023, I had a dream that I was bringing Jackie to Jesus. I dreamt that all these evil people were trying to distract us. So I was trying to protect her and kept her away from these evil people. They were coming in and mocking Jesus and making fun of me. And I didn't care. And I was just filled with this sense that this was so important that I get that her life was just truly in danger if I didn't do this. I also dreamt that Cammie was there and like she was next to to talk to, but the dream was truly focused on Jackie. I woke up and it hit me really hard. It was so vivid that I immediately wrote down my dream. I tried to get on with my day, but this dream kept haunting me all day. I finally decided to text to see if everything was okay. It wasn't okay. Jackie had just found out that she had terminal cancer and had until September to live. However, they had hopes for a new drug that would increase her life for about another year. Like, I was dumbfounded. Like, what? Jackie is an atheist, and I dreamed that I must get her to Jesus? I had absolutely no clue because I hadn't talked to her in about two years. Jackie had gone back home to be with her family for a while, but we made plans to meet up when she got back. Now I have this sweet little nine-year-old daughter who loves Jesus with her whole heart, And I told her this story, and she wanted so badly to buy her a Bible and accessories. So we went to the store and bought her a Bible, Bible bag, bookmark, highlighters, pins, lights, pamphlets on heaven, and all the good stuff needed for a true Bible study. Once I got home, I went through the Bible and highlighted all the verses that I thought could give her comfort. I wrote some of my thoughts on how much I adored her, and most importantly, how to be saved by Jesus. The day came when I had was I was going to meet her at her home. And I told my sister, and she reminded me that I had to do this because God had given me the dream of telling me what to do. She said, otherwise you are like Ezekiel. God had told him that if he doesn't warn the people, their blood is on his hands. But if he warns the people and they don't listen, the blood is on their own hands. And I knew what she said was true. As I drove, I was in a complete phase. I had my Christian music on and truly felt the Holy Spirit with me. However, I was fully prepared for her to deny what I would tell her. I brought a bag with me and filled it with soaps, lotions, and of course, the Bible with all the accessories. When I got there, I hugged her and she told me about everything she'd been experiencing. She cried. She cried a lot. Now, Jackie is a strong woman whom I've never seen cry, but this was different. She was scared. She was also scared about who would help take over the rent since her son could not afford the rent by himself. I just listened to her and she just told me about her fears and how angry she was. She told me how unfair this is. I just listened and hugged her. Now our son lived with her and he was there but mostly in his bedroom while we talked. 
I had no idea how I would talk to her about Jesus and just prayed about it silently. She then looks at me and asks, what's in your bag? I smiled and said, I have some things for her. She got all excited and asked, what? I ended up being very hesitant about handing it right out to her because I really truly thought she was going to call me crazy. I asked Jackie, do you ever talk to God? She said, well, since this has happened, I've been talking to somebody, but I don't know who. I then proceeded to tell her about my dream about her. She honestly was mind blown, as was I. I told her about a story when I was a child, about four years old, and I was pretty sick. My family knew this story and only a couple friends, but here I go telling the world. I was shown heaven. It was so vivid and real that I was given, I've given my life to working for him through ministry and daily life. I told her I was with somebody, but I don't remember who. However, I told her, my, I told her that my mom had told me I was with Jesus. I remember being in a city and the most beautiful city I'd ever seen. Light came out of everything, the building, the street, everywhere. It wasn't dull, but this bright light was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. It affected me so much that it changed my life forever. I told her I never knew why it happened until now as I told her this story. And she cried and cried and cried again and told me she believed. Her son then came into the room and started talking, and all the talk about Jesus was pretty much gone. I agreed to her to take her to some of her appointments and knew this would give us more time to discuss things. A few hours later, I went home but felt hope, hope that she listened. And she would have never listened to me in the past about this. She sent me a text the next day saying, I still can't tell you enough what you did for me, how it lightened my load. We kept in touch and she returned to my hometown, her hometown to be with her family for a while. She came back and called me to tell me that the new medication is no longer working and they will now just be managing her pain and her pain medication and radiation. Cammie also ended up coming to visit Jackie and she agreed to take over the lease and help pay the rent with Jackie's son, which this was such a relief to Jackie. I did go up to see her and took her to some of her radiation appointments and scan. She was completely out of it. I thought we'd have time to talk during a scan, but the doctors wouldn't allow me to go back with her. Before, you ha- Before she had radiation, her doctor wanted to talk to her, and Jackie asked me to come back with her. The doctor checked her over, and you could tell that he knew it was bad. All he said to her was, God bless you. As he left the room, he looked at her again and said, God bless you, and blew her a kiss. Jackie cried because she knew that by the way the doctor acted, she didn't have much time. There was a lot of tears. I felt a little disappointed this day because I felt like we had no time to talk about things. However, I told her I'd return the following week to take her to her next appointment. The appointment never happened because Jackie's pain was so bad that she had to go to the ER where she was admitted. During this time, she ended up getting the test results, which she sent to me, and it showed that her cancer had spread throughout the entire body. The next Sunday, she ended up in hospice care facility, and I came up to visit her on Monday. When I arrived on Monday, May 1st, 2023, I knocked on her door and walked in. Jackie was with the chaplain, and this thrilled me to no end. I said, oh, let me leave while you two finish up. They both replied, no, no, come in. I said, no, please continue. He then gave her a wooden cross about the size of her palm, and I'm still trying to get the point across that I was okay that 
He should stay. I pulled out my necklace that had the cross on it and said, I have one too. I know, I know, I'm an airhead, but I wanted him to stay. He then started to pray with her and I bowed my head. He prayed and then said, amen. I said, amen, pretty loudly, trying to convey that I wanted him to stay. He then left. I was super disappointed. While the chaplain was there, I noticed two Buddha-looking statues on the tray. One was rather big and had different colors about the size of a regular teddy bear. The other was small and pink. I thought this was odd because I didn't see these in her home. It was also weird that it was on her tray over her bed because the big one especially seemed to take up so much room. Jackie wanted to order gifts for her kids and mom and dad. She wanted to order these for mementos for her family. So we got out my phone and we searched for gifts. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I left her to go, and I ran into the chaplain. He told me that he says she talks to God multiple multiple times a day, which I was thrilled that she gave God a name versus talking to somebody. I told him, however, that she needed to know Jesus, and he assured me he would work on it. I go back into the room, and we start to talk about Jesus, but then Kyle, her son, and his friend Steve walk into the room. Steve was a man with a beard and short blue hair, dressed as a woman and carrying a purse with makeup bags sticking out of it. My first thought was, oh, poor Steve is lost and needs Jesus. I truly was being non-judgmental and my heart went to him. Steve then gave Jackie a gift with a ZZ Top logo. ZZ Top is Jackie's favorite band. This truly made Jackie so happy. So I told him how nice that was and I went over to him, shook his hand and introduced myself. Steve then asked if I liked the idols that he had made because he had made them with a 3D printer. He stated that the big one was a rainbow for obvious reasons and red flags immediately started. Steve then turned on the TV and watched an episode of a sugar baby. Now sugar babies are people who look for sugar daddies. They basically will do anything for money. These sugar daddies give them drugs, alcohol, money, basically anything. And all she has to do is open her legs. Steve watched the show and said, that's my type of person. She's a great time. Her relatives need to step back. Steve then offered to pay Jackie and Kyle a trip anywhere around the world if she gets better. She is literally down to days, weeks to live, so this would not happen. I discovered that Steve had agreed to take over the lease and was now controlling the situation. Kyle could live there without getting kicked out because Steve could help pay the rent. I found that this was giving him control of the situation, meaning Jackie and Kyle were quiet about the decisions that Steve made, affecting them as he would not be there to pay the rent. It reminded me of the verse in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Then out of nowhere, Steve says, we need to keep that chaplain out of here. He said he'd kick him out like he did at the hospital. He then says, right, Kyle? And Kyle says, yes, we'd kick him out. Jackie says, I think they are nice. I'm guessing he saw the cross on the table before Jackie. Steve said, I'm extending my vacation to be with you, he blurted out, even though I didn't have it planned. I just yelled, I'll be here Wednesday and Friday. He told me not to worry about it, sugar, and I said, I already got it off. I would not leave Jackie alone with this man because I felt uncomfortable leaving her. I waited until Jackie fell asleep and then left. 
I felt that while in this room, I was watching a spiritual warfare, like I saw demons and angels fighting. I sat in shock. As I walked out, I ran into the chaplain again. I let him know the situation and told him that if he went into the room to see Jackie, they planned on kicking him out. I wanted him to be prepared. He thanked me for letting him know, and he told me that he would keep an eye out for, for him. Um, I truly expected the chaplain was going to be the one that was going to talk to Jackie and save Jackie. I didn't know that Jesus was using me because I didn't feel like I was qualified for this. So on Tuesday, I went to work and I told two of my bosses, Kim and Ron, about what happened because I was dumbfounded by what happened the previous day. Kim stated that she had never heard anything like this and wanted the staff to pray over me, which they did at lunchtime. A volunteer leader had given Kim oil from Israel, and so Kim gave it to me. This woman had a vision in Israel that this oil would be used for some type of evil, and this was it. I went to Kim's house later, and she also prayed over me at her home with another staff member. On Wednesday, I felt I was driving an army of angels to see Jackie. I felt so strong. When I arrived, I walked past the chaplain's office, but he was not there. I went into Jackie's room, and she and both her sons were sleeping. Her son, Matt, saw me and said, It's okay. You can come in. I said, It's okay. Sleep. And I left the room. I left and went in and sat in a small room that they had at a hospice center. I saw him walk by, so I sat in a chair in the corner where he couldn't see me. I did this because she and Jackie embarrassed me about dating her son if I wasn't with my husband. Jackie had made me feel super uncomfortable around him. I then felt a little guilty and prayed, God, if you need me to talk to him about Jesus, have him walk in. If not, let him go by. Now, this particular room was small and there were a lot of rooms at the center. But literally, after I was done praying, he walked in and I thought, okay, here we go. We talked about his mom, and he told me he was still angry with her, but not sure how to address it since she's dying. I said, you know, go in. Tell her you forgive her, but ask her to forgive you as well, as he wasn't perfect either, as he admitted. He agreed and thought it was a great idea, so he said he would do it. I then asked what he thought about death and where we go. He truly gave me this weird response by saying it's like a river. All we have done, good or bad, is still in the world, and we carry it on like a river, but we cease to exist. I just said, interesting, and then started to tell him about my thoughts. I started to talk to him about heaven. He started to listen when Jackie ended up coming in. She sat down, and we started laughing a lot, but she went back to the room because her arm was hurting pretty bad. Now, Jackie's cancer is so bad that it was everywhere. It was in her organs, except the brain, her bones, and the cancer was literally coming out of her arm. Her arm was completely black. When we got back to the room, I noticed another huge idol that was red, but on the shelf. Again, I was super annoyed. Anyway, Steve kept texting them like crazy to come into the room. Kyle completely ignored him, and Jackie texted him, but made excuse about why she couldn't see him that day. They both said something is off about him. This was a miracle because he was there a day before. Anyways, Jackie told them that she needed time with her boys today. She said, except you, I need you here. <laughs> 
He was going crazy, saying he lost his job because of, of being there with her. How much she made him a better person and was nonstop like crazy talking. Kyle said that the day before, he went to go take his cat to the vet, and Steve called him and asked where he was going, and Kyle told him. When Kyle got to the vet, Steve was there waiting. Kyle thought that that was just super weird. Steve was outside of the hospice center and waiting for Jackie to let him in, even begging. At this point, I visualized the angels had blocked the room and gave everybody discernment about Steve. Jesus lovingly protected that room while Satan was desperately trying to get in, almost like he was banging on the doors, doing everything he could do to get in, but the angels stopped him. In my eyes, Satan looked extremely pathetic at this point, and he desperately tried to get in, but I saw firsthand who had power, Jesus. I noticed a package of something. Okay, I'm super naive, but they said it was Steve's mushroom that he had left there. I freaked out, but again, mushrooms are legal in the state of Colorado. I also noticed another large, again, the teddy bear Buddha idol that was kind of sitting there. I wanted to throw it away, but I knew that that would be stealing, so I did not. (laughs) We all had fun and did a lot of joking. When the boys left, I had time alone with her. I took her hands and quoted John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I asked her if she accepted Jesus. She cried and said, Yes, he is with me, and he has been beside me as I sleep. As she pointed to where he was, it was almost as if I could see this outline of Jesus next to her. She said that, When she gets to the gates of heaven, she will pick me up and give me a tour. I told her I'd love that. She, um, I talked to her about how my daughter believes that there'll be this portion of heaven that's pandas where she will be able to take care of them while she's there. And I told Jackie about that. And Jackie told me that she would take care of it until she got there. She cried and fully 100% believes and loves Jesus, and this was May 3rd, 2023. I noticed my time was short as I had to get to Awana's as I'm a teacher uh, for these kids' class there and have been for the entire year, and this was the night of their graduation. I knew I wouldn't make it at this point, but I knew that being with Jackie was super important, so I didn't rush her. I have been with these kids since September, and I was bummed that I wasn't going to miss their awards night, and I was so bummed. I called a leader and said I'd be really, really late if I made it at all, but to tell the kiddos I was so proud of them. I truly felt I would let the kids down by not being there. Now, my husband coaches my daughter's lacrosse team, and they had a meeting after lacrosse, and he wouldn't be able to make it either. Um, But weirdly, this random rainstorm came out of nowhere, and it rained for a few minutes, but drenched everything and they had to end up canceling lacrosse. So my husband was able to make it, and I didn't have to get my daughter for Awanas. And I found this out as I started driving back. I thought that that was weird, but relieved that she could make it to Awanas. And while driving, I was in rush hour and completely missed my turn. I ended up in a turning lane going in the opposite direction of where I was headed and got behind a car crash. Like at this point, I knew I missed everything. I just sat there, which seemed like an eternity. But then finally, we got moving. 
I was talking to my mom and had lost all sense of time. I then looked at the clock when I finally got into town and it was the exact time that Awana's ceremony started. I wasn't even paying attention to the time because I figured I'd never make it. I started to freak out on the phone with my mom, like, how did this happen? How am I here, mom? I ended up being late by two minutes and only missed the Pledge of Allegiance. I was on the stage with my kiddos that night for awards. Seriously, how? It was like God had stopped time. I don't remember driving as I was in a complete blur, but how? 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 How did I make it? I'm still mind boggled, but God is so good. On Friday, I went to see Jackie and had the bags for the gifts for her family, but her daughter's necklace was in this box that said best wishes. Now, this is a mother-daughter necklace with best wishes written on the box. What kind of mother tells her daughter best wishes or vice versa, especially when dying? But again, I couldn't allow this to happen, so I told her I'd look for a new box. I went from store to store to store. Nothing. However, a nice woman at Kohl's unexpectedly gave me $40 in Kohl's cash. Side note. Anyway, I was getting really discouraged because I couldn't find anything. I called my mom and was completely discouraged that I couldn't find anything. And I found another store and I told my mom, best wishes, as I got off the phone with her, saying how ridiculous that sounded. I went to the jewelry department and again, they had nothing, but they directed me to another part of the store, which happened to have these huge jewelry boxes that fit multiple pieces of jewelry. Yeah, that's not what I was looking for. I had just lost all hope and just started praying down a random aisle. Like, please, Lord, please help me find a box. I know this is a weird request, but I can't let her give her daughter a best wishes box as her dying gift. Literally, right after I finished praying, I opened my eyes and there was this beautiful butterfly box. The box was silver and had these beautiful butterflies on it. It was perfect for a necklace and just sat at this bottom shelf. Even though I thought this box was perfect, I went down every aisle in the store to see if they had another box, anything like it. I found nothing. I later discovered Jackie and her daughter had this butterfly thing between them, which I had no idea about. I went to pay for the box, and they were looking it up and found nothing. This box did not belong in their store. It was not theirs. So they told me, this is in our box. You can have it. Like, what? I said, are you kidding me? She said, no, it's not ours. You can just have it. I was almost in tears and craziness just took over me. I told the clerk that I loved her and she just started laughing. I told Jackie about what happened and she totally freaked out. She told me only Jesus, only Jesus and started praying to him and thanking him. Jackie fell asleep and I talked to her son, Kyle. He was open to all that had happened. He told me about Steve and that Steve came in on Tuesday and that Kyle caught him trying to give her Jack trying to give Jackie illegal drugs that's called Molly. Kyle stopped him and they got into an argument about it. Kyle said he knew it would have killed his mother because of all the other drugs she is on right now. So he asked Steve to leave and didn't want him back. Kyle said he thinks Molly is such a bad drug now that he wouldn't even take it. He does most drugs. He told me that he caught his mom looking at the Bible and she was hiding it as she was exploring it. This was before she went to the hospital or or the hospice center. 
He said she had just changed. And all she wants to talk about is Jesus. And she's been so negative, but now she's just so happy all the time, even though she's dying. I asked Kyle about what he thought would happen when people die, and he told me they cease to exist. I then started to talk to him about heaven and explain what heaven is. Kyle said, now I get it. Like when I do mushrooms, I have like this out-of-body experience. I had to try to explain that this was not what heaven is, but that is demonic. We started to talk, but he had to go so he could go back in to check on his mom. However, he took my phone number to reach out to me. On Saturday, I didn't go up to see Jackie because her parents were there and came to see her. However, I did find out that Steve had brought Kyle alcohol and brought him up to see his mom. He started to act crazy and even started hitting his mom while in the hospice care. I talked with Jackie and she even stated that Steve was there. I called the hospice center and notified them that I just found out that Steve had tried to give Jackie illegal drugs, Molly. They told me they would take care of it. Jackie's daughter took her home to Nebraska on Mother's Day to be with the family, and Jackie ended up dying in Nebraska in June. So I had the dream on January 3rd. She came to Jesus on May 3rd, and she died on June 3rd. So I have unique experiences, as many Christians do, but I have not had one on this level. I felt honored that he chose me for this very special opportunity, even though I thought it was the chaplain's duty, not mine. This was so very hard, but he allowed me to see a sliver of heaven and a sliver of hell. I felt the spiritual forces fighting, and I had a front row seat to it all. I saw my atheist friend, who could care less about Jesus, giving her life to him. I imagine her delight when she got to heaven and with her earthly struggles were gone. Although the parts of hell were a bit scary, this also enhanced my faith and I saw the protection from evil. Is this story over? No, it is not. The work is only beginning as God will allow me to continue to bring Cammy to him. This story is still developing as she is a part of the initial dream I had on January 3rd, 2023. But over time, I hope to bring you a part two of the story. So the verse that I experienced is actually in Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 12. It's finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. When we are home, it will be wonderful. But if you are still here, we still have work to do. So keep an eye out for the signs around you. Until our next episode, walk with the confidence that you're guided and protected with Jesus lighting your path and revealing messages along your journey. Side note. Names have been changed in this story, and I have stated this story when it happened back last year, Um, but I did change the names, just some of the names, not all of them, for protection of some of those that were involved in this story and some of those that I still hope come to Christ.